0: You're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you, in some small way, will be blessed and transformed by this message. Pastor Russ and Sarah said we had a brilliant day yesterday, even though I say so myself, um, at the well-being day. Um, And before we get into our message this morning and and what God has to say, I want us to take a moment to honour your pastors, Russ and Sarah. Do you know, these guys are incredible. They have been pastoring here for... 21 years and they have, they have walked you through, led you through many years but particularly have led you through covid and that two years where you were all online and i hear the roof fell in one sunday morning all sorts of things happened but i want you to honor them where honor is due today for them leading you supporting you bringing vision to this church for so many years so why don't we stand up again and give them a massive round of applause we love you both very much incredible Oh brilliant. So good. It's good to honour. Brilliant. You can take your seats. And it's it is good to honour our pastors. It's also important to honour each other. We are all worthy of that honour. And um, it is brilliant to be here. As you know, I'm from Manchester. Um, I'm married to Stuart. We've got three adult children. I know I don't look quite old enough. Um, Two of them are still at home, so we've got a busy um, home like I'm sure many of you have. And about 13 years ago, myself and Stuart and the children moved from the East End of London up to Manchester. And in our first week in Manchester, our eldest Molly was um, in high school. She went into year nine. And in her first week, she found herself in a drama lesson. And the teacher said, okay, so for this bit of drama, we need someone to do an East End accent. So Molly kind of sat there a little smugly, said, oh, I can do that for you. So she gets up and she performs the sketch. But as she's doing her accent, everyone's like, my word, she's amazing at that accent. And afterwards, they were like, how did you learn to do that? And she's like... I'm from the East End of London. And that week she became the popular new kid because everyone was trying to get her to repeat lines from their favourite East Enders character don't know if it's ever happened to you that someone has heard your accent and they've said where are your roots? And what people want to know is whereabouts in the world do you come from? They hear something about the way you speak or maybe it's the tone of your skin and they say where are your roots? And so every single one of us, I reckon, knows where our roots are. We know where we were born in the world. We know what family we were born into. But do you know, the Bible talks a lot about roots and branches, and being planted and this morning we're going to have a look at some of the things that the bible says about this analogy of our lives each and every one of us our life being like a tree that is rooted somewhere and that has branches that grow on the tree of our lives that point to the roots that are maybe hidden underneath does that sound good Yeah. So I want us to look at a couple of verses from the Bible that really illustrate this. And the first one is Psalm 1 verse 3. It says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers and then another one, and this might be really familiar to some of you, Ephesians three seventeen to 19. It says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how high and wide and long and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses all knowledge. Do you know when I started kind of studying this particular verse, I realized it's kind of like the Apostle Paul is saying to the people who were listening, You know that you are loved by God. You know cognitively, you know in your thoughts and in your mind that you're loved. But he wanted people to get a deeper revelation of the fact that they were rooted, secure, established, firm in the love of God. And I believe that that's the kind of security God wants us to live in. You know, have you ever seen one of those trees, maybe when you've been out walking, that has got massive, thick roots and you can see them almost above the ground? That's what God wants our lives to look like that we're so solidly secure in His love, we're so firmly fixed in Him, that whatever happens, however hard the tree of our life weathers the storm, that we can stand knowing our identity is firmly fixed in Him. But (laughs) it isn't always the case, is it? I know in my own life, it hasn't always been the case that I've been firmly rooted in the love of God. And, you know, just like this plant that I've bought with me didn't decide where it was going to be planted. It didn't decide the gorgeous pot that it was put in. It didn't decide the supermarket, whether it was going to be an Aldi plant or an M&S or a Waitrose or a Lidl plant. It didn't decide that. And just in the same way, no one in this room, I, I'm pretty confident, had any choice over where they were born which family you were born into, what country you were born into, whether you were born into a poor family or a rich family or somewhere in the middle. There are some things in life we have no control over, and that is one of them. We also don't choose many of the circumstances that happen to us in our lives, do we? And I have a saying I often use, and I used it yesterday, and it's this one. Life happens to us all. And Jesus, in the Bible, in John 16, um, said these words. and And I feel like I hang around these words an awful lot and talk about them a lot. And this is what Jesus said. In this world, you will have trouble. Oh, thanks, Jesus. Thank you for that one. That's the most encouraging thing I've ever heard. In this world, you will have trouble. But Jesus then goes on to say, but take heart, I have overcome The world. And you know, us with Jesus walking through this life can overcome the troubles that we encounter. And I've also learned life happens to all of us, but also it it, it doesn't matter if we're a Christian. Stuff happens to us. It doesn't matter if we're a leader, a pastor, a small group leader, if we're a Christian or not a Christian. Stuff happens to all of us. There seems to be no difference. And that took me a while to get my head around in life, because maybe like you, I kind of thought, well, if I become a Christian, life will get easier for me. But actually, that hasn't been my experience. So when I say life happens to all of us, what do I mean? Well, all sorts of stuff happens. And, you know, if I sent a roving mic round the room, which I'm not going to do, don't worry, and I said, what kind of life has happened to you? You might say, well, an unexpected divorce. You might say, I wasn't able to have children when I wanted to. I didn't ever, I've never found a partner. You might say, well, actually, someone betrayed me. Or life hasn't turned out how I thought it would. The expectations I had haven't come to pass. And many other things. Maybe you lost your mobility. You weren't able to move around like you used to be able to. Maybe you lost your job. I mean, we could spend the day, couldn't we, listing all the things that happened to us. But here in this room, I would imagine those things and more have happened to us in our lives. And in my life as well. Now, what I found is that when difficult stuff happens and when difficult stuff has happened in my life, I've not always known how to manage it. Like, I wasn't expecting this to happen. And so I actually don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to think about it. I don't know how to feel about it. And sometimes in our upbringing or in our church experience, we take on board messages about how we should manage life. You know, I've got to be strong. I've got to look happy. I've got to have it all together. We pick up these messages. And so it actually means when stuff does happen to us, maybe we feel ashamed and we think, oh... If I were to tell someone, will they judge me for this? Will they somehow think it's my fault that this happened? Will they think I'm less of a Christian or less of a leader if I tell them what's actually going on in my life? So what do we do? Well, often we pack it away in the suitcase of our mind. We think, well, I'll just shove it away somewhere and so that actually I'll just kind of get on with my life almost like it hasn't actually happened But what I found in my life and in the lives of many people I talk to is that when we just shove stuff away, roots begin to grow down into the soil of our lives. So there's some roots in here and they've grown down into the pot. And that's what happens for us is actually stuff gets lodged there. And I'm thinking today about things like unforgiveness or bitterness or maybe disappointment or shame. These kinds of roots grow down into the soil of our lives. And even though maybe that kind of unforgiveness or disappointment is hidden away on the inside, what I've come to realize is it starts to grow on the outside thinking what on earth do you mean well we're going to get to that in a few minutes so we've got those roots that are growing down and obviously wherever there's a root something then starts to grow and so the trunk of our lives the trunk of this plant or the tree represents our thoughts so how we think about what has happened to us and if you think when stuff happens to us when we're children We think about what's happened as a child would think about it. We interpret the stuff that's happened to us often as, it's my fault. It must be something I did wrong that caused this to happen. But even if stuff happens later in life, we do our best with the information we have at the time to understand it. And you know what? It isn't what happens to us, but it's how we think about what happens to us that determines what kind of branches begin to grow on the tree of our life. What we know from psychology, and that is part of what I do try to bring together, the psychology with what the Bible says, what we know is that if we nurse our wound, If we curse the person or people who did it, if we rehearse, then that wound never heals up. We nurse it, we curse, we rehearse, and actually those thoughts begin to grow in our lives about ourselves, about other people, and about the world. And so, the trunk of our tree starts to grow out of these roots that have gone down into the circumstances that have happened to us in our lives. Are you following me so far? Yeah. Yeah. So, what I want us to think about for a moment are these branches. And have you noticed that the branches are all that you can see? You can't see the roots you can't really see what's gone on you can only see the branches and in the same way in our own lives people only see what we show them on the outside when they meet us but if we have got stuff going on in the roots of our lives stuff that has festered away there it does after a while begin to impact us physically and mentally so our mental health is massively impacted by the stuff that we've packed away in the suitcase of our lives in the suitcase of our mind and so as time goes on our branches start to become obvious now i wonder if you've got anyone in your world anyone that when they come into the room their branches come in before they do (laughs) And you're like oh they're a bit irritable they're a bit angry they're a bit arrogant or oh they look like they've got it all together they're always looking good their makeup's done their hair's done or you go around to someone's house and you're like oh my word it looks like a show home in here it looks so perfect everything is in its place maybe you've got other people in your world that you know and they work all the time workaholics you might call them or maybe you've got someone in your world and I've certainly had this in over the years who struggles to get out of bed you know you're like come on it's time to get up for school or college or university and they're under their duvet oh, I can't get up today I can't do that and so you start to notice people's branches in and around your world maybe at people at work maybe people that live in your house not yourself of course <laughs> Other people's branches. I mean, what other kinds of branches do we grow? Maybe it's overeating, like eating more than we need to eat because we're actually eating to deal with our emotions. Or it might be undereating, trying to keep control of this because of something that's gone on down here. We're, We're controlling everything. What about branches that are are like things like perfectionism? You know, everything's all together. Or anger or, as I've said, irritability or moodiness. Mood, just can't be bothered with any of this. You know, what sort of branches do you notice around you? And so often, other people notice our branches before we do. Have you ever had anyone in your life who said, you're a bit prickly? you're a little bit irritable. What's wrong with you? Or maybe they're noticing you're struggling to get out of bed, or they're noticing your mood's low, or you're overly anxious. And so for a while maybe we can sort of pretend those branches aren't really there. But the problem is other people do notice. And I remember... (laughs) And this, when I share this story, I still want to cringe, okay? You know those stories about yourself where you actually want to curl up in a ball and hide? Well, this is one of those memories for me, and you'll know why in a minute. So. This was back probably 15 years ago. We were still living in London and it was New Year's Eve. And we had this whole group of friends come to stay with us. There was like 12 of them that stayed in our house and they were coming for New Year's Eve and staying over to New Year's Day. And so I had gone about preparing a buffet And I was getting everything ready, everything was looking just right, and everybody arrived, so all these people came in, I think actually Pastor um, Pastor Becky and and Joel Weaver were a part of that group, and they came into my house, and everybody, one by one, came into the kitchen, and they were like, can I give you a hand with anything, Julie? And I was like, no, 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 I've got this, I've got this, and so they were like, oh, okay, okay, and they would just go back into the lounge, and then the next minute, someone else would come in, can I give you a hand? With anything? Could I just help you to make that food or lay the table or even make some drinks? And I was like, no, no, you're okay. You go and sit down. And there I was, like this one man band, making the drinks, making the food, laying the table, doing everything. And it is only when I look back on that experience that I realized that I had these massive perfectionist branches, that I wanted everybody to think I had it all together. I'm capable, thank you very much. I don't need you to help me make the food or do the drinks. I'm the perfect housewife. I can entertain you. I can make your food. I can make your beds. And I had literally embarrassed myself without realising it. Because do you know what those people wanted to do? They wanted to get to know me. They were coming into my kitchen to get to know me. And... They didn't didn't know me very well at all. So they were like, oh, if I just make some drinks next to you or help you with the food or if I could make the beds up for the guests, I might get to know you in the process. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. I thought I was putting on the best show, but I didn't realize that actually I was pushing people away. I was robbing people of the gift of myself. And I wonder in the room today as I'm talking, I wonder if you're beginning to recognize some of your branches. They might be completely different to mine. But what is growing on the tree of your life? And so (laughs) we get confronted by these branches. I got confronted by mine. And often what happens when we finally um, acknowledge what's growing on our tree what do we do? We often take our branches to the doctor. So we'll make an appointment and we'll go to the GP and we'll say, "Uh, I've got these branches. I've got this branch of low mood. I've got this branch of anxiety. I've got this branch of anger. I've got this branch of an eating problem actually, I've got a branch where sometimes I think that I don't want to be here anymore. And so we take our branches to the doctor and that is a good thing to do. Once we acknowledge, we begin to recognize, do you know what? I don't want to live like that anymore. We take ourselves off to the doctor, sometimes with a friend or a family member. And so what the doctor will do is he will say, okay, well, I think the first thing that you need to do is you need to have a little look at some of your routines so maybe you need to improve your sleep so okay so we work a bit on on that and we improve our sleep okay then he might say It might really help if you look at your eating because there's such a massive correlation between how we eat and how we feel. So maybe you start to make adjustments and you start to eat three regular meals a day and some snacks and more real food than processed food. The doctor might also say, okay, I'm going to encourage you to move your body more, to move more. Not to join a gym or do some crazy exercise regime, but even walk to work or walk the kids to school or maybe just go out for a walk in the day or whatever it is that represents moving more. And, okay, so... We start to feel a bit better, okay, I'm eating better, I'm moving more, I'm sleeping well, maybe I'm going to try and relax a bit more. Relax? What's that? Relax? That's lazy, isn't it? Isn't Isn't relaxing unproductive? Oh, okay, so when I relax, I actually just allow myself to breathe a bit. I read a novel, or I meet up with friends, or I watch my favorite show, or I go out walking or hiking. Okay, relax more. Okay, I can do that. So we start to tend the branches. Maybe also the GP might say, okay, you've done that for a bit and you're still struggling, so I'm going to refer you for some talking therapy. So you're like, okay, I think that's going to help me. So you go and have some talking therapy and and you start to feel a bit lighter because you're actually speaking out what's gone on in your life, what's going on in your life. Maybe the doctor might say, okay, I think you might need a bit of medication as well on top of that. Okay. So what actually begins to happen and what began to happen in my life when I started to recognise the branches of low mood, the branches of perfectionism, the branches of overeating, the branches of sometimes wishing I wasn't here anymore, once I began to do those things, eating well, moving more, resting well, encountering God often, I started to notice I felt a lot better. You know, I started to notice that I was, had more energy. I started to notice that I was being a bit less perfect. Maybe when people came round, I'd let them help me in the kitchen. Or I'd just sit at the table and chat to them. And I did that for quite a long time. For a good few years, I was like, oh, I'm actually feeling a lot better. I've tended my branches. But then there came a day where I started to realize I was still waking up in the morning. And the minute I would open my eyes, I would feel this sense of dread. I would feel this sense of, oh, I just don't think I can do this today. And I remember saying to my husband at that point, and I want you to, to realize at this point, I was, I'd been in the, in the ministry, I'd been a pastor for years at this point, and most people had no awareness of this going on. And so I'd say to Stuart, why do I have to feel like this? Why am I still waking up feeling low, feeling like I'm dreading my day somehow? And at that point in my life, I remember rereading this verse from the Bible once more. And it's from John 10, verse 10. And it says this, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life to the full. And in that moment, I realized that Jesus never said, I have come to help you manage and cope with your life. He never said that. He never said, I've come to help you like a walking stick that I help you get through and just about manage and just about get over the line. And I realized in that moment that if I wanted to find complete freedom in my life, that I actually had to go to the roots. It was the only way that I was going to find freedom. And that was actually to say, what is in the roots? Of my life. Oh wow. Do you know, even as I just did that, as I pulled that plant out, there are some of you that are like, Oh no, don't do that. That's dirty, that's messy, that's less than perfect. It's there's mud everywhere, Julie. Like it's not nice to go there. It's almost like someone dropping in at your house when you haven't tied it up. <laughs> you know, you've got dirty underwear on the floor, you know, you've got dinner that hasn't been washed up, you've got, you know, last week's washing still hasn't been folded. Like you're like, oh no, someone's just walked into my house and I haven't got it in order. But you know what God wants to do? He wants to do in each and every one of our lives is he actually wants to strip things back and he wants to say, what are you rooted in? What is in the roots of your life? The thing with the roots is they're always underground. You know, they're always growing somewhere that's dark where we can't see them. But the purpose of this message today is to actually begin to ask God a question. God, will you reveal to me what is in the roots of my life? And I love this verse in Jeremiah 33, verse 3. It says, call to me and I will answer you. I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. Now today, what I don't want you to do, and what God doesn't want us to do, is to go rummaging around in the roots of our lives. Like, oh, oh," you know, pulling, like, it's like pulling all the clothes out of the suitcase at the same time. But you know, what God does is he whispers to us. And I love the fact that the Holy Spirit is both kind and confronting. But he doesn't do it all at once. But what he might do today, even as you're sat where you're sat, is say, what about that unforgiveness that's there what about that person that you've never forgiven or what about that root of disappointment such deep disappointment that stuff that hasn't happened like you've expected and there is just a disappointment sitting in the roots of your life or maybe he'll say well it's a root of shame there's a shame there or maybe it's bitterness Oh, I'm just so bitter about how things have turned out for me. And so, what God does, it's like today He's coming along with a light, with a torch, and He's just gently, kindly confronting stuff that's in our lives. And maybe the band would like to come and join me now. And so, You may be sat there thinking, oh, it's all very well, Julie, but what do I do next? (laughs) You know, you've talked about these branches, and you've talked about these pretty difficult roots, but how do we go from the point of actually having the root revealed and actually finding freedom? And what I have found is that for some people, God does a miracle in a moment. For some people, there is a moment of healing where you just know that you know that you know that in that moment God did a miracle and healed. And then there are other people like me who actually had to come with that route time and time again and say to God, I want to present this route to you. And maybe the musos would start playing. That would be fantastic. Thank you. And so I find, and I found for me, every single time I came into church, every time the worship started, I would just come abandoned, defences down. God, I bring this disappointment to you. It's so painful, it's so deep, it's so rooted into my life, but I bring my disappointment. Or maybe I bring my unforgiveness. And as I sat in the presence of God, or as I'm worshipping, it's almost like, you know, when you're stood by a beach and you've got big rocks that that are on the shore, and every time the sea comes in, the water comes in, it erodes the rock and slowly it gets broken down in God's presence. But do you know what's also happening? As we lay our unhealthy roots down and we start to intentionally send our roots out into God's presence and into God's word, maybe when we're sat at home and we're reading our Bible or even this morning when that Bible verse was read, I was like, Oh, that is so good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to amen that truth. I'm going to just take it all in because I know that as I take in the Word and the Spirit and His presence, that that's when I begin to embed myself into love, into His love, and security starts to grow. Do you know the other thing that makes such a difference to these roots being healed? And this is the one, again, some of you are going to be like, oh, don't mention that. And that is community. The very thing that brings healing to our roots are other people. Because God never intended us to be independent. I can do this on my own, thank you very much. He wants us to be interdependent so in our week, to have people we connect with, maybe a small group that we go to, maybe a team that we serve on. We come on a Sunday and we just serve with the hosting team or the car park team, but all the while we're alongside others. What's Jesus doing is healing that disappointment. He's healing that unforgiveness. He's doing some restoration in our lives. And you know, a couple of months ago, I was sharing this session um, in, in in something we do in our church. And unbeknownst to me, there was a lady that was sat in the room. And as I said those words, I wonder what you're rooted in. In that moment, God reminded her of two people. And she said to me later, I hadn't thought about either of these people for over 20 years. And she said, the first person... Was my stepmom, who she said, we had a terrible relationship, and I realized I've never forgiven her for how she treated me. And then, and this was the one that she was like, I cannot even believe I've gone there again. She said, God reminded me of a woman, and she had had an affair with this other woman's husband god reminded her of this woman and she realized in that moment i never said i was sorry and so this woman she went home and she wrote two letters one letter to her stepmother and one letter to this woman who she'd had an affair with their husband over 20 years ago and a couple of weeks went by and she received two letters in the post one from her stepmom and one from this woman that she had wronged and the one that broke her or that brought freedom to her were the words from this woman whose husband she'd had the affair with and this lady said in all these years I never imagined that you would actually say sorry I never imagined you'd come back to me and say that you repented of what you did and she said I so appreciate you writing me that letter and in that moment this lady said I felt like the weight had been lifted off me all the stuff that had been buried in those roots and she'd experienced all sorts of difficulty after that this woman is now living in the most incredible freedom there's a lightness about her because she had the courage to say okay Jesus when Jesus began to show her the roots that were growing that had been embedded for years and years. Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at newlifechurch.uk or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.